You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Manager here at the National Cannabis Industry Association. And today, uh, my guest is Tracy Maltby. He's the Client Relations Manager for Grasshopper, which is based in Northern California. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I got to meet you on the expo floor at one of our recent uh, major conferences, uh, and we had a great conversation, so I invited you to come be on the show, and I'd like to go ahead and start by asking you to tell me more about your background and your experience uh, prior to joining the Grasshopper team. Sure. Well, uh, first off, uh, I'm hanging out here with a mutual friend of ours, Jerome from Item 9 Media, and he wanted me to tell you what's up. (laughs) Hi, Jerome. I love working with Jerome and the Item 9 crew at the conferences. Yeah, they were kind enough to lend me their office today because, uh, you know, I live in San Francisco, but I had meetings in the East Bay today, and uh, I didn't want to be trying to do this from like some loud Wi-Fi coffee shop or something. Well, thank you. Uh, so this is where the production studios are in their office. And I was like, hey, man, can I come set up there? And he's like, absolutely. I love Bethany. Tell her I said hi. So, oh, how nice. Yeah. yeah. If anyone's been to any of our major major conferences that we host, like the Cannabis Business Summit or Seed to Sale Show or uh, California Cannabis Business Conference, they've probably seen me running around the expo floor with a couple guys with lights and cameras. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's item nine. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Um, So, yeah, before um, I was consulting, you know, I'm a cannabis industry consultant on varying degrees for Grasshopper. uh, I came from a distributor background. So I worked for a distribution company 
um, and worked with a, a bunch of different brands, dozens of brands uh, over the time that I was there in multiple capacities, um, logistics and operations uh, to sales and marketing. And like most distribution companies in California, they have a very well-rounded board, which means they have brands for you know all the genres under the sun. So I've worked with farms and flower companies, pre-rolls to you know concentrates and extracts to uh, edibles companies, drinkable companies, um, mm-hmm. CBD, topicals, um, all sorts of stuff like that. Wow, the whole gamut. Yeah, I won't go into the brands, you know, everybody knows who they are and all the DCs here have, you know, at least one or two in every genre to kind of, you know, fulfill that uh, relationship. That's how the regulations work here in California, which is a three-tier system. So we have the brands or the manufacturers that have to go to a licensed third-party distribution company, uh, which goes to the retail outlets, the dispensaries. Um, I don't think it works like that in every market. Like uh, where you guys are, for example, in Colorado, you can vertically integrate. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little different of a model. Uh, but that was my, uh, you know, background, at least, you know, before I was consulting for Grasshopper. Okay. And you and I got to talk a bit more on the expo floor about your your background even prior to that, if, if you wanted to mention a little bit about that as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I think what you're, you know, talking about, you know, we had a, you know, conversation just about like the whole, you know, progression and history, at least in California, which is we went through 20 years of a medical market um, before, you know, it went wreck here and the transition that's happened, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, and for me, you know, personally, um, maybe I had a different story um, than most or than some, you know, uh, in the wreck market today, which is I came from, uh, a cannabis friendly environment and family, you know, i.e. Uh, my age group, I'm in my forties, you know, to date myself, I voted for Prop 215, you know, 20 something years ago for it to be nice. Um, but before that, you know, I kind of grew up with it. My parents were, you know, like I said, kind of that hippie generation and they were um, consumers of cannabis and my mom grew, you know, small time and my brother's still a cultivator and has his own extracts company and stuff. So, there wasn't really a, a normalization, you know, transition for me um, growing up because I was educated on it uh, at a fairly young age, which, you know, I have friends my age that are in the industry and they sometimes hear that and think it's uh, really funny because, you know, their parents were the same age as mine, had a very different take mm-hmm. on you know, marijuana and they had a very different exposure and upbringing to it. Um, you know, the whole stigma, the, you know, oh, this is the devil's lettuce or whatever, you know, and <laughs> you're going to wind up in, you know, jail or what, you know. Reefer really, madness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So vaultingly different experiences uh, to some accounts, although I do meet people all the time, you know, that have similar backgrounds and upbringings. And so, you know, they can understand, uh, you know, where I was coming from. Yeah, I think what struck me when when we were talking on the expo floor um, was you do have this unique perspective of going from a more organic, old school cannabis culture to watching it progress. And now your, you know, your current job and recent jobs have been something that I think you and I were saying we couldn't have even imagined that this is what it would look huh. like. Yeah, yeah. All these legalizations, like just mind oh, blown. For sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I refer to you know that time before you know even the rec market um, as kind of the you know artist and outlaw mentality, 
And, you know, even once it became a, you know, medical market, uh, you know, and the dispensary started popping up, I remember places that, you know, uh, would have like raid protocol on the wall, you know, they'd have like the paper in the back say, you know, here's the lawyer's number and this is what you do when they come in and they're going to seize our clones and our asses, whatever. And then it would be on the news. You know, it would be on the news like, oh, a dispensary in Berkeley, you know, got raided and, you know, but everybody just kept fighting the good fight and saying, no, this is what, you know, we've decided as a state and, you know, we're going to continue to operate, you know, and find the model that's going to work for everyone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, now that it's rec, you know, in multiple states, I'm surprised it took California that long, actually, you know, what we're medical in like 30 something states, mm -hmm. uh, it's legal for rec in like 10 or like nine plus Washington, D.C., um, so, you know, it's just a retail market now, you know, it's mm -hmm. not, you know, so in some, you know, language, you, you know, used to say patients, now they're just customers. So yeah, it's been, it's been a ride. It's been amazing. Yeah, definitely. And and on that point about California and CIA recently did a little staff retreat where um, I helped make up some trivia questions. And right. apparently California was the first state in the United States in the early 1900 to uh, to make cannabis illegal. So it's, it was like, oh, surpri no it was sub surprising and ironic, you know, given that huh. it had a, a longer medical history than most other states. But yeah, a hundred years ago, they were the first state to say no more cannabis. It's prohibited. So, I didn't know that. That's yeah. Crazy. Trivia was a wow. lot of fun to research and do. So um, yeah, wow. I learned a few things. Um, so, yeah, thanks for sharing more about your background. I definitely think uh, you have a neat, unique perspective, having grown up around it um, and watching it um, change and grow and, and become more sophisticated um, and formalized and professional. Um, so is there a reason that you have stayed in the cannabis industry? Is there a reason you're inspired to keep being a part of this, you know, difficult highly regulated movement and industry? Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, obviously because it was normal for me, you know, and it was, you know, in the family and it was okay. And there wasn't, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, social, you know, or family hurdles for, you know, me to have to overcome um, to want to be in this. But like you were saying about the foresight, you know, we couldn't have had the foresight of where things were going. But, you know, especially for like my mom, like she is just shocked, you know, that you can just walk into these beautiful <laughs> experiences and dispense, you know, she just can't believe it. But for my brother and I, you know, like our generation, we had an idea, you know, that we could have like legitimate career. Like we didn't know what it would look like. We didn't know that big business would be here and, you know, all this, this kind of stuff. But we had an idea, you know, that we could be, you know, somehow involved, um, you know, in this kind of relationship. So it's great. It's actually, you know, exciting. Um, and like you said, it's been tough, you know, with the transitions, both from medical and into rec and how things are going now uh, and the regulations. And, you know, you have to get through all of that. And it's just how it is. And you can have your opinions about, you know, the what was written and what you have to deal with. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you just keep going. Um, so I'm happy to still be here and I'm happy. To, uh, it's in the capacity that I now uh, am capable of. Mm-hmm. Great, great. All right. Um, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and uh, then we'll come back and talk more about what you're doing now with Grasshopper Kiosks sure. and more about the company as well, and we'll get more into how that technology um, and all the fun technology that's in our industry now, which is also fascinating, is, is impacting our industry. So uh, cool. stay tuned. We'll be right back on NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice. Thank you. 
NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another can't-miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're chatting with Tracy Maltby from Grasshopper Kiosks, who is a legacy cannabis industry individual, and now he is working, as I mentioned, with Grasshopper Kiosks. Tell us more about what Grasshopper is all about and your role there and what's going on with the company. Sure. Well, um, you know, I can just give you the broad strokes, at least, uh, you know, in the way that I consult for, you know, that particular brand and company, uh, which is uh, Grasshopper is a a retail suite of products to help uh, automate and drive sales in dispensary locations. Uh, I think they're best known for their flagship model, which is the 3600 style kiosk. Um, it's basically a vending machine for cannabis products. It's a store within a store. Uh, it's completely automated, you know, fully compliant. Um, so that's, you know, what we're known for. And what I do here is I'm not really on the tech side. I know you're talking about, you know, the tech and innovation. Uh, I kind of miss that boat, you know, like I, I told you how old I am. So I've dated myself. <laughs> but um, they've brought me in, you know, and we have that department all built out as a tech company. We have our CTO and he, you know, manages all the QAs and the developers and they do the software and the integration and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm here for, you know, um, branding partnerships. So, you know, they brought me on to, you know, because of my experience in um, the DC world and working with multiple genres. Uh, and, and the accounts, the dispensaries themselves, I can kind of identify, you know, particular brands or locations that I think would make uh, good partnerships 
for the grasshopper products. And then I broach those and, you know, kind of make those things happen. So, you know, that's, that's what I do in a nutshell. And, you know, customer relations manager, it's, you know, like, like a lot of startups, um, you know, it's kind of a catch all term. We wear a lot of hats. You know, and I think everybody understands that, you know, you're doing multiple things. Uh, it's in the sales department, you know, um, and there's multiple facets to sales. But, you know, I'm really just here to say, hey, I like what these guys are doing. You know, this is, you know, what I, I think they're going to be a good partnership for you. I like what this dispensary, you know, has. They're going to need these guys. And then I kind of bring all those parties, you know, it's kind of a triangle right there to the table. And then they work it out and uh, proceed. Gotcha. Great. So you're mentioning the 3600 uh, dispensing machine. I haven't personally had a chance to interact or buy my cannabis from a from a, um, a, a vending machine. And I wonder how that impacts the retail environment. I wonder, you know, for the customer, I can see that you know, sometimes you just don't want to talk to anybody. You don't have, you don't have, (laughs) no, I know. I know what you're saying. Sometimes you don't have questions. Sometimes you, you know exactly what you want. That's it in and out. Hence like a convenience store or a dispensing machine. It's, it's a very straightforward transaction. Um, There you go. You hit it on the nose. So, you know, for me, um, not being tech, you know, I can't really speak to that. Uh, I look at it like this isn't, technology catching up with the cannabis industry it's literally the other way around in my opinion because at my supermarket i've had a self-checkout line for like 10 years like i know because i use it right well why don't i have one of those at my you know favorite dispensaries and it's not that i use the self-checkout line because you know i'm agoraphobic or i don't want to talk to people <laughs> and then, you know at the end of the work day you know when i go in there at rush hour um i already have what you know i want for dinner and i just want to get out of there so you kind of hit it on the head Um, that it can facilitate, you know, that for, you know, people online that maybe don't need a consultation um, and they, you know, already know they can get their products out of that. And, you know, it's just A to B and they're gone. But then there's been, you know, the other data on, you know, what kind of people that would attract. So maybe there's um, a demographic of new recreational users um, that come in and they're either, you know, intimidated or, you know, they have some anxiety about, you know, talking to a bud tender or, you know, because they don't have product knowledge. Uh, well, this is a familiar, uh, you know, medium for them. You know, we've all grown up using, you know, vending machines and they can go there and acquaint themselves with the products, you know, in their own one-on-one little, you know, space, you know, and work their way up there. The other demographics that we're seeing, you know, are like um, the millennial generation, for example, actually kind of prefer technology over people. Uh, for everything, whether it's for rides or food or whatever. So we don't think that's going to change either, you know? So this isn't automation replacing people. This is just facilitating, you know, for multiple things. And for me, it was, you know, one of those, you know, light bulb on type moments because, you know, uh, it's not reinventing the wheel. You know, it's two things I'm very familiar with, you know, cannabis and vending machines. I was just like, ding, yep, there you go. That's for me. Easy. but it's not going to replace people. It could never replace people. It can't do, you know, a consultation about like why you're not sleeping at night. But um, also from the bud tenders perspective, you know, I know places in San Francisco that they just have a line all the time, day and night, right? Mm-hmm. And those people, 
you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but not all of them need to go to the counter, you know, and then talking to the bud tenders, they're just like, oh my God, yeah, we would love to have something like that in there because, you know, uh, it takes the, you know, the line down and it also gives them the ability to facilitate a consultation, uh, you know, without like feeling pressure to get through the line. They can give that customer the attention they deserve, whether that conversation is two minutes or 20 minutes, I don't know. Uh, without that kind of pressure, you know, like, oh, I, I got to just get you out of here because there's so many people. It's like, no, you know, you're here. I'm going to take care of you in the best way that I can. So it helps them too, you know, uh, at least that's that's the response that I've been getting. Sure, sure. That makes sense. You've got, you know, your repeat customers that want their their quarter of lavender flower and that's all they need and they just <laughs> want to come back every <laughs> that's, that's yeah. one of my favorites <laughs> favorite oh, strains of cannabis um you know and you just want that quarter every couple weeks or whatever it is and like you know you're not trying to try new things so you're the type of customer that um you, you know doesn't need as much attention and both you and the bud tender agree on that and like you don't want to waste each other's time sure so it's a mutually beneficial you yeah. know um it, it, innovation and it's not even innovation like i said i think this is just past due and now we're you know finally getting there you know warming up to i mean you look at other countries like you know in asia japan korea it's like a vending machine culture I mean, you can get everything, you know, like on the streets, um, you know, and I don't think that's what we're going for or anything, but, you know, this is a component that, you know, it's not for everybody. It's not for every space, but it should be available and it now is, you know, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. All right. So, so as your company expands, um, what are you all looking forward to tackling next? Are there any hmm. challenges that you foresee that, that need to be, you know, get on, get on top of those challenges before before they become problematic? I mean, that's preventing us from flourishing. Well, for us, you know, moving forward, um, you know, based in, you know, California, we have enough in the pipeline to keep us, you know, busy here for a long time to come, but we can cross state lines, you know, um, we can cross international lines, actually, you know, as a tech, as a platform. Um, and then, you know, the only thing we foresee with that is having to deal with those regulations, mm -hmm. you know, so as long as we can get through those markets and those regulations, um, you know, even looking at, you know, other countries and what they're doing, you know, it's fascinating. And then they tell us what their ideas or interpretations are for this technology and how, you know, what applications they would use them in. And then I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Okay, I'll start telling people about that now. Hmm. You know, um, that's one of the benefits, I think, about, you know, the trade shows, the conventions, what you guys do at NCIA is you get the exposure. So I'm just like stuck here, you know, in San Francisco. And, you know, we've had this conversation too. You know a lot more about what's going on out there because you have to cover the whole country. You have to cover all these markets, you know. That's why we listen to your podcast because it's like, oh, I know those guys. Those are cool. I knew about that. And then you, the very next one is like, oh, I had no idea. Oh, that's mm -hmm. so, so interesting to me, you know. So, and you never know who you're going to meet at these things. You know, I'm meeting people from other countries and they're telling me what's going on there. And I'm like, wow, that's fascinating, you know? Yeah, I'm happy to hear that we can facilitate those connections that are educational and enlightening. And, and we'll definitely chat more about our conferences later on. Um, so as we head toward this uh, next commercial break, considering your background, which I appreciate you sharing some of that, when, when we look at, look around and see how this has grown into this 
not only legitimate, but sophisticated industry. And we're getting more and more mainstream support from both the public and from members of Congress. I mean, right. it's a yeah. it's a good problem to see Republicans scrambling to support cannabis and hemp. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We're yeah, gonna, right. It's a good yeah. problem to have. Yeah. So, sure. I mean, could you have predicted this? In- <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's it's crazy. You know, I. I have these thoughts all the time, too, because, you know, what I do when I wake up in the morning is, you know, I I check the news, at least locally. And, you know, not every day, but, you know, several times a week, there are cannabis articles in mainstream media. And, you know, whether it's the Chronicle or SFGate.com, you know, things Mm -hmm. that I read and look to. And I'm just like, wow, like, this is amazing. Even in, like, advertising, you know, I remember the first advertisements I saw, like, on billboards, like on the side of the highway. And, you know, it popped up and I knew that brand and there wasn't really information. It was just kind of like, you know, the iconic, you know, aesthetic of what that, you know, product was or whatever. And I'd be like, oh my God, can we do this? This is insane. <laughs> Are we allowed to do this? this? is great. You know, this is amazing. And then, you know, I'd contact them and be like, wow, you got a billboard? You know, that's, that's awesome. So, mm-hmm. no, it's like you're saying, it's a good problem to have. You know, and now you're having a lot more exposure um, and a lot more, you know, investment and people that understand, you know, the pros, you know, understand, you know, hey, this is, you know, the infrastructure is necessary, you know, the taxes, you know, what we're going to be able to get about, you know, out of this industry above board. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's phenomenal. So, yeah, and it's tough. You know, it's hard, you know, seeing like, you know, all the, the you know, they call it the green rush or whatever, you know, all these other traditional yeah. markets and industries that are coming in. But it's just to help. It's just to get it bigger, more mainstream, like what we were talking about. So we just we just adapt, you know, and we just keep moving on. Yep, the hippies were right and everyone else is getting <laughs> catching <Yeah>. up. <laughs> right, yeah. Thanks, mom. All right, we're going to take another commercial break here and then come right back and wrap up our conversation with Tracy from Grasshopper. So stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are kicking off in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix in January. Register today using the promo code CANNABISRADIO20, all spelled in caps as one word, CANNABISRADIO20, to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities are available. Register today at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com.
Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a Approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back, and we've been chatting with Tracy Maltby from Grasshopper. Um, We've been talking about uh, not only his background, but a bit about how how the industry has changed, how it's becoming more sophisticated, and how we're better able to serve customers and provide uh, better retail experiences. And um, recently, in October, we held our California Cannabis Business Conference in Anaheim, uh, which is where I met you on the expo floor. Is that right? Right. I believe so. Great. Was that um, one of your first NCIA conferences or had you been to any no. before that? <clears throat> no, no, we've done them all. Uh, we oh. were, I, I don't do them all. You know, I get just do the ones that are going to be in California. Uh, we were at San Jose. Um, they were at the one uh, back in February uh, in Denver where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's a different team, you know, that deploys to do those things. Uh, I'm located here. So, you know, I handle all of these, but uh, yeah, we're deeply involved and, you know, thank you guys for existing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we have our major conferences to facilitate education and business with our, with our big expo floor and, and selecting speakers for our panel sessions, um, right. which provide education. And, and you mentioned the, the show that we had here in Denver last winter, uh, last February, was the Seed to Sale show. We decided to move that to Boston this year. So right. I saw that. Yeah, it's about three weeks from now. I'll be flying to Boston, um, and it's it's also fascinating to look at the northeast part, uh, New England of the country, and watching those teeny tiny little states um, uh, start to change their laws as well. I mean, Massachusetts has been a huge um, model for other states that are nearby. Um, They're watching Massachusetts. They're they're looking at the tax revenues, looking at the job creation, looking at public safety and going, hmm, yeah, maybe we can do cannabis too. And it's a completely different culture than the West Coast. Um, So it's going to be it's going to be its own thing. Um, But even though we're looking at every every state, every 50 states are unique um, because of how the regulations are currently modeled in a state to state world. But, you know, NCIA's committees and NCIA's policy council is working to uh, develop maybe model regulations or best practices. So all the lessons learned 
from the other early adopting states can be passed on to these other newer states that are, um, you know, getting over their cannabis shyness. <laughs> for oh, sure. Yeah. Well, it, well, Colorado was that for the West, you know, because Colorado went first, you're a more mature market. And when we were going through a transition here in California to rec, that's what we were doing. People, oh, what do we do about this? What do we do about promotion market? Look, look to Colorado. Okay. That's the model they were using. Let's try and copy that. So, you know, it's interesting to hear, you know, you're seeing the same thing happening out there with Massachusetts and New England and those states. Uh, and, you know, and to be honest, I'm not educated, you know, on everything else that's going on, you know, being that I'm just like, you know, so my, you know, place here in California it's like I'm already overwhelmed with all of this no you know it's hard to know everything you know that's going that that's that's your job that's a that's a you problem right that's what, that's what you guys <sighs> we're all no, we're all trying all to keep stuff, up right? we're drinking and from, then you tell us and then we're we, drinking then from we, the fountain man <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then I and then I just wait until you know Bethany does a podcast about it and then that's how I educate myself so. <laughs> Awesome. I appreciate that. And also our policy councils put out some really great reports and the committees have put yeah. some reports out. So if you like reading also, in addition to listening to the podcast, um, I recommend uh, folks check out our our industry reports um, and cool. committee reports that are on our website as well as, as we're all navigating this together. We're all in it together. And I get that California is a big enough, it's, I mean, what did they, what did they say? It's like the sixth largest cannabis market in the world. Now that it's right. got adult use cannabis, that's yeah. a lot. I mean, California is like three States maybe four <laughs> right. yeah. in yeah. one. It's, it's, wild absolutely yeah. yeah so for me you know i'm already overwhelmed you know just trying to concentrate in my own backyard you know i think a lot of people in california feel that way um our state regulations committee uh just put a blog out uh yesterday or today that i published on our website about just rounding up some of the um the regulations that are uh, impactful for folks in California, just trying to boil the regulations down and communicate to one another in a helpful way right. how we need to stay on top of the regulations and stay compliant. Compliance, compliance, compliance is yes. our is our cheer. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's lots of resources on our website, um, which uh, for those have not visited, uh, head to www.thecannabisindustry.org. And also, if you'd like more information about the Seed to Sales show, which is uh, moving to Boston, Massachusetts, it's on February 12th and 13th, 2019. The website for that is seedtosaleshow.com. And uh, thanks, Cannabis Radio, for being a media partner for us uh, for our events and conferences this year. You'll probably hear a couple commercials uh, between shows advertising some of our events. And I know I've mentioned our bigger conferences, but I also really encourage people who are NCIA members or business owners in the industry to check out our smaller networking events that we do throughout the year across the country. Uh, we've launched a new type of event called Industry Socials. They're similar to our Cannabis Caucus events, which are evening networking events. Um, but what we did with the Industry Socials is decided to inject a little bit of fun into it. So we have giant Jenga and giant Connect Four <laughs> and, nice. and some retro video arcade games. Cool. Um, 
because people still want to get together and, you know, network for a couple hours and talk about work and maybe have a beer or whatever. Um, but maybe, maybe the policy updates and all that, maybe you're, you know, you just don't have any more room in your brain because maybe you're in California. (laughs) Maybe you're in California just trying to like digest everything and just come out and have fun. So the industry socials um, are a great way to connect with your fellow industry peers and um, get more connected in with NCIA without the pressure of doing policy stuff so head to our website for more of that information cool. all right we have run out of time today yeah. but tracy th- thanks so much for jumping on the podcast with me oh uh, no thanks so much for having me awesome well hopefully i'll run into you at one of our conferences and oh, yeah. uh, i'll see you soon i'm sure awesome well thanks everybody for tuning in uh to nci's cannabis industry voice until next time The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.